What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Daily Energy Newsbeat stand-up here on this gorgeous Tuesday, May 23rd, 2023. As always, I'm your humble correspondent, Michael Tanner, coming to you from an undisclosed location here in Dallas, Texas, joined by the executive producer of the show, the purveyor of the show, and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website, energynewsbeat.com, Stuart Turley. My man, how we doing today? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and uh, boy, we got an action-packed show today. Yeah, one of my personal favorite shows because we got a lot of oil and gas news to talk about. And that's <laughs> I tried. And and, and, uh, and that's tend to where I lean. But no, Stu is absolutely right. Packed show. First up on the menu. Of course, we're talking about the Dark Fleet. 17 Iranian ghost tankers bring oil worth about $1 billion to Syria. Stu will cover what's going on with the Dark Fleet globally. Next up, um, a little overview on Marathon Oil, how they continue to grow and provide long-term shareholder value. This is, a, I think, really a great overview of why Marathon is, is, is has really been um, one of the leaders, if you look at in terms of overall returns, I think outside of Oxy, outside of, you know, really for the independent majors, they've really, you know, shown themselves to to stand out. So Stu will kind of give a rundown. This is a, a pretty good uh, research article that we wanted to highlight. Next up, $209 billion a year is what fossil fuels um, firms owe in climate representations. We want that paid. This is an opinion piece um, by none other than Stuart Turley um, covering how much fossil fuel uh, negative owe in climate <laughs> reparations. So Stu will cover uh, what's going on there. And then finally, Exxon crushes progressive dreams that net zero has any chance by 2050. It would mean a collapse in the quote global standard of living. Um, this is Stu's one of Stu's favorite type of articles, the alarmist type, talking about what's going to happen um, with the the climate net fifty, you know, net zero by by twenty fifty. Um, Exxon seems to putting a damper on that. He'll kick it over to me. I'll quickly cover what's going on in the oil and gas markets. Oil up to seventy two twenty two, and overall fairly choppy day. We saw a little bit of movement. Natural gas dives down to about two dollars and thirty nine cents. We did see a little. M&A action, Chevron buying PDC Energy for $7.6 billion. I will cover all of that in a bag of chips, guys. But wow. first, um, all the stories you are about to hear are courtesy world's greatest website, energynewsbeat.com. You can check out them in the description below. We appreciate the team. They keep that up to speed uh, with everything you need to know. Stu does a great job of curating it. Really a, the best holistic view about what's going on in the energy business. Um, Dashboard.energynewsbeat.com, the best place for all of your um, data and energy combo get it while you still can. Definitely going behind a paywall soon. Um, That's about it though, Stu. Where do you want to kick us off? Hey, let's go with one of my favorite little talks here. 17 Iranian ghost tankers bring oil worth. It's over a billion. It's like a billion, two billion, five to Syria. Michael, what's a few billion between friends? This article is absolutely nutty from the standpoint that a lot of times, you know, you hear me go dark fleet, dark fleet, dark fleet. I bounce around the room and go dark fleet. But this actually has how it goes on. And if we start, what they're finding out is that there's 17 shipments by eight different tankers have delivered more than 16 million barrels of Iranian over to Syria. This is only part of what's going on in the dark fleet. That's a lot of oil, Michael. 
that that is a it's a, it's not a small amount. No, and and that's more than we have in our bathtub that we were doing years ago. So if you look at the map, you have the Red Sea, and we they go up through the Red Sea, up through the Suez Canal, and then they turn off their transponders after they get out of the. Suez Canal, they do the, there's even satellite images of where they're doing the transfers. This is all pretty cool. And then when they go dark and then they come back in, when they have to turn their transponders back on to go through the Suez Canal, they can see that they're actually lighter in the water and that how much they have dropped off. Because they're how far they sit in the water. It's pretty crazy. It's this. It is it's like tankertrackers.com. They do an unbelievable job. And and so when you sit back and kind of look, oh, there's if you look at the gallery in here, there's more dead whales and turtles. And so not, you know, the environment is just if the dark fleet was done right, it wouldn't be an old nasty fleet. Oh, that's like the Jones Act you talked about yesterday. Oh, oh, uh, the U.S. is in the same thing with the dark fleet. Now that we just started talking about that, Michael. So this uh, article is pretty amazing. Uh, and our producer, if it's easy for you to slide in that map uh, in here, yay. If not, go to the website. It'll be in the show notes as well. Yeah, I mean, it it confirms as much as I joke about the dark fleet. It's true. I mean, it's happening. I mean, it's it's now clearly shown that it's happening. Um, and again, is it comes back to the to an old phrase: sanctions don't work. So, nope. And uh, I believe it is oil will find a way. Was that Jeff Goldblum? And uh... <laughs> you're absolutely right. What's next? Okay, let's go to Marathon Oil. Uh, Marathon oil keeps growing and providing long-term value. I kind of like this one. Uh, Marathon Oil Corporation has a sound balance sheet that's been uh, very free with returning capital to shareholders. We won't be rid of oil and gas for many decades. And in the meantime, staying invested in companies like Marathon can provide, uh, generate good returns. Uh, I really like this. Because they also document the green transition won't stop demand for the MRO and uh, world liquid fuels by consumption. World consumption is just going up, dude. No matter how much uh, we do in renewables, world consumption is going up. Yeah, and, I mean, I think I think it's interesting of, of all the you know, I don't know who the author of this article was. And, and, and I don't necessarily. It was on um, Alpha. Yeah, um, I'm sure he's seeking out a profit, and I don't know if Marathon's the place to find it, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, I I agree with with the sentiment, and, and again, you have to think about what he's what he's going for. He's going for Marathon is equally exposed. You know, the, 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 the idea here is Marathon is equally exposed to both oil and gas, aka he mentions in the last paragraph here, you know, a margin, you know, but a return upwards is very plausible as many analysts see a return to $100 per barrel in April of 2024. And he quotes Reuters. So that's where he's doing his. That, so that's where he's getting his research from. No. Reuters. Reuters. Fun. And I like Reuters better, though. But I, I like Reuters because my point is, I keep this, thinking okay, of him. So, so him. okay, if that's the case, I don't necessarily know if Marathon Oil is the company I want to be invested in if. $100 oil shows up, to be honest with you, because the real question is, 
not really, I guess the real question, I guess then the other side of the coin from this, this author's strategy is, well, they're also equally exposed to this new market for, you know, this emerging CCUS mark, which is right. they're, they're shifting towards that. And this, this matches and their ability to sort of walk the line is doing well. Well, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that a little bit. I, I'm, I'm going to zag in this case. I don't necessarily know if I agree with the underlying strategy here. Again, though, don't take our investment advice, guys. Do no, the opposite no. of everything we say. No, uh, but at, at least we're a little better than Kramer. So if you take Kramer's advice, go the opposite way. <laughs> yeah, we're the inverse of inverse Kramer. <laughs> so um, a double um, inverse. Nice. We're the okay. double inverse. You Calculate that one backwards for me, Stu. What's next? Oh, hey, we're we're changing up on this. Let's go to the next one. Two hundred and nine billion a year, Michael, is what fossil fuel firms owe in climate reparations. We want to be paid. Isn't it like I said? Like you uh, introduced it as an opinion piece, and um, it lays bare the truth is out. It lays bare big oil's plunder of the environment for commercial greed. Academics is now estimating that the top twenty-one fossil fuel behemoths are liable for an estimated. 209 billion annual reparation bill uh, arising from their exploitation. Bull hockey, uh, as uh, they would say in Texas. Um, this is absolutely a joke. Now, here's why. We go through there. There's several things in here. I want to read the last paragraph and then I'm going to give you my opinion, which is in the bull hockey frame of mind. According to the Climate Accountability Institute, <laughs> the global fossil fuel industry could be responsible for 23 trillion in lost global GDP from climate impact uh, cumulatively by 2050. But ca Caribbean governments could also help themselves by imposing a reparation tax on major global oil and gas and coal investors operating in these territories. It can be done and it must be done. Failing to make polluters and despoilers pay their dues would be a historic moral failure. <laughs> it sounds exactly like something you would write. So. I didn't write it. I thought it was funny. Why would I? I wouldn't I'm, vote I'm, for I'm that. kidding. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm okay. absolutely kidding. I mean, this is, this is, I mean, this was written by a PR agency. I mean, that first sentence yep. that you read, big oil's plunder of the environment for commercial greed. I mean, okay, that's one way to look at providing energy to the world. Let I mean, me go to AI and I'm going to type this in. I bet AI came up with this. <laughs> you think this is AI? <laughs> it it oh, yeah. might be. It might be. BuzzFeed's hey, writing everything with AI. I oh, mean, yeah. clearly this is a joke. I mean, I, they also talk, you know, the 23 trillion in lost GDP. I mean, I'm going to have to check. I don't, I'm going to have to check the numbers on that one. I don't know if the, I don't know. Okay. If, let me, let me get my crayon and a squirrel. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay. exactly. <laughs> it, it, and let me, let me, you would not have without coal, natural gas, oil, an economy food we'd be cavemen sitting by the fire hitting women in the head with a rock dragging them in uh like cavemen normally did and we would still be running around going ooh, 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 ooh. it doesn't happen without oil and natural gas 
yeah, thank goodness we don't have to see Stu in a one piece. Um, a one a piece. <laughs> yeah, it's like, thank goodness. Thank goodness we've progressed. We don't have to see Stu in a onesie. Okay. What's next? Let's go to the next one. You can see the theme that we're having with the show today, Michael. Exxon crushes progressive dreams that net zero has any chance by 2050. It could mean the collapse in global standard of living. Kind of with what we just went along with on that last conversation, wasn't it? But this one has a interesting chart on it, Michael. And if the producer, Andy, can slide this one in, if not, no biggie, go to the website. Annual share of global CO2 emissions. Michael, look at that. It's the European Union in 1750. They were 100% of everything. That was coal, peat. Uh, that was burning your neighbors. You know, that was Monty Python and the Holy Grail bringing out whale dead. oil. My favorite. Yeah. Whale oil. We saved them, saved them twice. Well, let's save them twice. In the 1800s, the U.S. popped in, but the China didn't pop in until 1900. But look what's happened. China since uh, 20, 19, 30, 50, they took off and went nuts. China is making up for lost time and we're going down. So I, I this is a telltale graphic here. Let me go into this next one. In the world of suffocating snowflakery, ESG hypocrisy and well, Tranheiser Bush. <laughs> <laughs> A corporate corporation tell the truth without fear of reprisals in the open society virtual signaling cabal career rather than an MRA injected, generally engineered hen's teeth. I'm sorry. I got a chuckle out of that one. I thought it was great. It took me a little bit to figure out what they were saying. Uh, it absolutely killed me. Um, I love this. Exxon says the prospect of the world achieving net zero carbon dioxide emissions by 2050 is remote, but should not be further evaluated in its financial statements. Done, done, done. I like the next line in here. Uh, Exxon disagreed with a shareholder. Uh, Exxon disagreed and said the world is not on a path to achieve net zero emissions in 2050 as limiting energy production to the levels below consumer demand would lead to a spike in energy prices as observed in Europe following oil sanctions against Russia over Ukraine. This is like gold right here. This is black gold. I mean, that's you, true. You get rid of oil, you get rid of natural gas, and we're back to clubbing baby seals uh, as cavemen. We got to keep Stu out of the onesie. We got to <laughs> keep Stu out of the onesie. Okay, well, that's it for me today. And all those stories are on Energy Newsbeat. Hey, I just want to give a shout out to all of our fans out there, the ones that are especially giving us great reviews. Thank you, everybody. And uh, I'll pay you all later. But not too much, Stu. We're, we, we're still waiting for that Saudi Aramco money or the Russian money to come. And we're still there. We're getting paid in rubles over here. Um, I, Yeah, I, I mean, we, once we're Swift doing... comes back on, we'll be good. Oh, there we go. <laughs> no, um, we're, gonna, we're gonna have bricks sponsor us <laughs> yeah bricks plus yes because we're joining bricks of course uh, we're, we're gonna, gonna use their dealer. new digital coin that's right okay <laughs> well hopefully we could use it to buy some oil guys oil trading up to 72 21 when we start quoting oil prices 
in bricks coins, I'm out. We'll we'll end the podcast. We'll retire and go home. Trust me, I will. St- I will do that. Um, right now they're priced in dollars seventy two. I'm gonna cut you off right there. Is that gonna be like? Uh, share when Trump won. She said, "If Trump Trump wins, I'm moving to Cal- uh, California." Stu, if I have to, if I have to sit here every day and say, "Yeah, it's three oil now trades at 340 bricks," I'm I, I'm out, Stu. Like I got better things to do than be quoting oil prices in bricks in bricks digital coin. That when I say something negative about where the price is going, they're gonna cut my access off to go get food. All right, I stand corrected, share. Hey, I'll be right with Sharon Canada. <laughs> Just kidding. That's the last. I, that's the last place I'm going is Canada. Is live with Cher. Oh, I don't know. What would you rather do? Move, move in with Cher or move to Canada? Neither. <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, again, guys, oil trading up to seventy-two twenty. Um, saw a little bit of a boost today, mainly um, because we saw um, gasoline futures and forecast for oil demand rise for the second half of the year. Um, we did see that fire get tempered down in Alberta. So that's bringing a little bit of that uh, about 300,000 barrels a day that was offline. Now back online, we're really glad to see everything calm down. We did see that, again, the EIA is still warning of a looming oil shortage second half of the year, which is, again, part of the reason why we saw that probably 1%, 2% increase today. We did see a uh, another quote out of VTOL. Um, they're saying that Asia is going to be leading oil demand growth of about 2 million barrels for the second half of the year, an increase that could potentially, again, lead to that shortage that the IEA is warning about. So all in all, I think a fairly positive day. I think the sentiment is beginning to turn a little bit. And you know, it's, if we're going to get to 100 barrels by Q3, Q4, better start going. I remember Stu kept telling me last year, hey, it's going to go, it's going to go, it's going to go. Or this was uh, two years ago. No, it's going to go, it's going to go. Well, and then it never, I mean, it eventually goes, but usually about six to 10 months after people claim it's going to go. So I do actually think going back to that marathon article that we talked about, one thing that guy may have gotten right is that April 2024, that seems more plausible to me. Um, Let some of these things shake out, give us basically a whole nother year to get there. Um, But only time will tell. Natural gas prices fell off the table a little bit, $2.40. Again, as the weather goes, we just saw a little bit of a warmer um, Memorial holiday, which is, again, we're going to temper down our expectations. Um, I think the interesting thing that happened in the oil and gas market today is we did see a little bit of an M&A, a little small deal by Chevron, nothing too crazy. Um, they, they they pick off PDC Energy, a local Colorado company. Uh, we love PDC or love them, I guess. They're now they're now part of the, the evil empire, Chevron. Chevron goes ahead and picks them up for $7.6 billion, including wow. debt that values them at about $72 a share. They're trading about $69 um, a share right now. That was about a 14% premium. To give you an idea, though, it's an all stock transaction, which is really interesting. They get about uh, what's what's the I, I'm trying to see the I thought it was like 0.46 shares of Chevron. I'm I gotta I gotta take a look, but I mean it's an all it's an all stock deal, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, for PDC, I mean it's your Chevron, it's a great deal. You basically oh, get yeah. to pick off a premium, one of the you know, probably Alongside Oxy, probably the only other company, you know, there's Oxy, there's Civitas, there's PDC. You got those are your three companies working right now in right. Colorado. Civitas is, you know, the extraction is 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 the leftovers of extraction being run. Those guys, it's Kimridge right there. Kimridge is also a lead investor in PDC, was probably looking to offload one of them, which is right. again interesting why they decided to go ahead and go with an all-stock deal. Well, if if Chevron is is buying it, they're not going to need their employees in in Colorado, are they? 
Uh, well, they're going to continue to operate the field in, I mean, cause you got to remember Chevron is sneakily the fourth player out there. I mean, we think about the big three right. PDC, Civitas and uh, Oxy Chevron's kind of that fourth player out there. They have some very good legacy stuff very much in Eastern Colorado. They also have some San Juan basin stuff, um, probably a decent plugging liability. Um, we'll see if that, I bet you that didn't get factored into the equation. I'll tell you that much. But uh, um, I wonder how many high quality drilling locations. That means they didn't say anything about those you, locations in this press release. Well, yeah, the IR guy must have missed that one. But the a uh, couple of things you talked about, some of the uh, high quality uh, drilling locations left that maybe that's why they're not drilling. And that's why the rigs came down. I actually listened to what you say, Michael. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you got to remember, PDC's got both Colorado acreage and Permian Basin acreage. They got about twenty. They got about two hundred thousand net acres in DJ, which is the Colorado just north up there in Welling or in uh, in uh, um, up there in Ward County, um, right. Weld County, excuse me. Um, but they've also got about twenty five thousand acres in the Permian Basin. So you have to remember, Chevron's also a big off. You know, they 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 get a, not only do they get to go into Colorado and basically say, okay, now we're going to now now we're going to own this Colorado asset. We, we it's contiguous to what we already have going on in Colorado. They also get to pick up twenty five thousand acres in the Permian. And again, you won't necessarily wow. we don't necessarily know the split between hey, what what are they valuing Colorado versus this this Permian based acreage? I mean, I I know this that their their Colorado acreage is good, and that if you're you know their their acreage was good, and you know. If you can, if you're producing in Colorado, you can do it cheaply. The problem is getting the permitting. The problem is everything up to the wellhead and your AFEs are pretty high, but people are drilling, people are drilling some pretty interesting wells up there. I know that for a fact, they're doing some, I, I, I've heard they're doing some, they're doing some U wells. That's the big new thing up there is these, basically these laterals that you go out and then you curve around and come back. So it's basically two laterals in one because of the permitting process. Why? Why, if you're going to wow. permit, if, if, if it's going to take you six months to permit a batch of wells, why not just turn it into four U-shapes? Interesting. Interesting. Wow. Yes. Because you're also dealing with more of a blanket shale formation up there. So you can do things like that. You can do these crazy things that are being done in the Permian right now. So, wow. you know, they, cool. they, they, they did throw in there. Don't get me wrong. They did throw in there. One billion BOE of proven reserves in highly economic locations. So uh, they did make sure to throw that in there um, and enable capital and operational synergies. You know what that means? Layoffs, baby. Oh, Layoffs. <laughs> that's what I was. Oh, yeah, there's sorry, PDC. Well, I mean, most of PDC will stay, but nah, probably half. It's probably half. No, the boots uh, on the ground will stay. Yeah, the boots on the ground will stay, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, I guess. Um, but I mean, it's a great deal for Chevron. I mean, it's pretty interesting. It's 4.63 shares. Again, very interesting that PDC would sell out for an all stock deal of basically, you know, 6.3 billion in actual stock transactions, or if you include debt, 7.6 billion. Seems low to me, to be honest with you. Don't know. That I was trying to put in a bid, but. Came in a little, came in a little low. Yeah, they didn't, they, they didn't take my offer. Dollar 95. Well, I sent it, I sent it via smoke signals. So they didn't, <laughs> they didn't let me know one way or the other, but uh, you got anything else to do? What should people be scared about? Uh, the government. <laughs> All right. No, we're going to have a great day tomorrow. Just be careful. All right, guys, with that, we'll let you get out of here. Get back to work. Appreciate you checking us out for Stuart Turley. I'm Michael Tanner. We'll see you tomorrow, folks. Energynewsbeat.com.